So we, in the evenings, we've been on and off looking in the, the Gospel of Matthew, and we've been looking at Jesus in the Gospels. And I want to say to you this evening three, uh, three words, really. That's motive, motive, motive. So there's one word for you to take away tonight, and that's motive. Because this whole thing I'm talking about tonight really is about motive. You'll hear me talk about money in places. I don't need to concentrate on the money. I don't need to concentrate on the finances. I need to concentrate on the motive. This is all about motive. The whole journey of a Christian is about motive. It's about where our heart is turned. It's about how we do what we do and why we do what we do. It's all about motive. So let's just jump straight in. If you've got your, your Bibles with you, it's in Matthew chapter 6. Just, just four verses. Be careful not to practice your righteousness in front of others to be seen by them. If you do, you will have no reward from your Father in heaven. So when you give to the needy, do not announce it with trumpets, as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and on the streets to be honored by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you give to the needy, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing so that your giving may be in secret. Then your father, who, does, who sees what is done in secret, will reward you. Now at first glance, these four verses look quite straightforward, don't they? Don't show off, don't make a show when you give to the needy. It seems quite straightforward, but there's definitely more there. There is more to be said here. And, and always, you need to take scripture in context. There's only four verses here. So what does it say before and perhaps after in the Bible, if you, if you carry on the following verses, not only does it talk here about giving to the needy, but it moves on to talk about fasting and it moves on to talk about prayer and how we do those things. It's about motive. It's about how we do these things. This is part of the Sermon on the Mount. Jesus giving the new blueprint for Christian living, how we are to do things, how we are to live now in light of this new covenant that he has made with the church. He's turning the status quo upside down. I need to do differently things differently than your way you've done before. The other thing we need to look at is, is um, it says be careful. It starts off with be careful. This is a warning. This is a kind. You need to listen to this. Be careful. The, the NASB version says beware. Beware. Take notice of this. Be careful when you practice your righteousness, that you don't do it in front of others to be seen by them. This is all about how you do it. So righteousness is about how we live, how we do things in light of God, how we do things towards God, how we behave like God, how we want to please God. It's our righteous observance. And in these times, in, in Jewish times, righteousness, there were three kind of big pillars. They were giving to the poor, praying, and fasting. And these are the three things that Jesus is mentioning here. So they're important, but he's talking about the motive. These are things that have always been done. These are the three things you need to do to be righteous. But he's saying there's a way that you need to do it. As I said, it's motive. This is a heart issue. This whole sermon, hopefully, will come across to you as a heart issue. This is about the position and the direction of our heart. So there's three, three questions or three words I've, I've pulled out of this passage, and they are, they are when, how, and why. Now, when. This passage starts off in verse, well, it doesn't start off, but in verse two it says, so when you give to the needy. It doesn't say if, it says when, when you give to the needy. So there's an expectation here already in righteousness for us to be righteous that we must give to the needy. Another distinction I'd like to draw is it says needy, not poor. So it's not always about money, it's those in need. Can you be rich and be in need? Absolutely. Can you be in perfect health and be in need? Absolutely. This is more than the poor. This is more than giving money. 
This is about how we give to the needy. So it doesn't say if, it doesn't say if you feel like it, it doesn't say should I, shouldn't I. It says when. This is an expectation that we will give of ourselves and our things to people that are in need. Now Jesus was very uh, vocal on this. He talked a lot about the poor and the needy. He talks about those in need no, no more so than further on in chapter 6. When he talks about the sheep and the goats, there's a passage there where I will, I will try and paraphrase. But it says here, when the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, he will sit on his glorious throne. All the nations will be gathered before him and he will separate the people one from another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. He will put the sheep on his right and he will put the goats on the left. Then the king will say to those on his right, come you who are blessed by my father, take your inheritance, the kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. For I was hungry and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger and you invited me in. I needed clothes and you clothed me. I was sick and you looked after me. I was in prison and you came to visit me. Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you? Or thirsty and give you something to drink? When did we see you a stranger and invite you in? Or needing clothes and clothe you? When did we see you sick or in prison and go to visit you? Jesus, we never saw you like this. What, what do you mean? The king will reply, truly I tell you, Whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. Then he goes on to say, on the left, he explains exactly the same thing and says, you didn't do these things for me. And they say, well, when did we see you like this? And Jesus says again, what you did for the least of me, what you didn't do for the least of these, you didn't do for me. Now, this isn't about money. This is about strangers being invited in. This was about the hungry, it was about the thirsty, it was about needing clothes, but also about strangers. This was about people in need. We are called to give to people in need. Jesus is clear on telling us that we need to care for the needy. It's not an option, but it's an outworking of our faith as we follow him. What God has done for us, the things that he does for us, the things that he provides for us, we then work out and do for others. As he loves us, we love others. As he pours out mercy on us, we show mercy to others. As he showers us with grace, we are to show grace to others. As we see people in need, we are to meet their need as he has met our needs. It's out of love and reverence for God. It's not a list of do's and don'ts. It's not a manifesto of the things that we have to do. It's a response to the love that God has for us. The more time we spend with him, the more time we focus on him, the more we become like him, the more we are likely to show kindness and goodness to others. In Luke 4, Jesus spoke or reiterated the, the prophecy that was spoken about him in Isaiah 61. He said, the spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the, proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. See, the anointing of the Spirit on Jesus and on us is directly linked to proclaiming good news to the poor, of telling the gospel, giving the best news they could ever hear, proclaiming freedom for the prisoners, recovery sight of the blind in, in healing, setting the oppressed free, praying for those that are in distress, proclaiming the year of the Lord's favor. Daryl Bock, a um, theologian that I read, says that these images, these things that we've just heard there, cannot be treated as individual promises. From Jesus, They can't be broken up um, from each other so that there's spiritual elements 
and physical elements. It says, but they operate as a unit, picturing the totality of Jesus' deliverance. This is salvation and. It's not salvation or. We are saved and then. We are saved and then these things come. We are saved and then we are to go and do these things like Jesus did. So we've looked at, now we've looked at, when we are always to give to the needy we are always to give of ourselves we are always ready to because Jesus I'm sure you know is always available to us he made himself always available to us he's never too busy never says no never runs out and he asks us to be the same he asks us to give to the needy so how are we to do this it goes on to explain how we should do this and again we go back to be careful be careful or beware not to practice your righteousness in front of others. So we've already established what we should do and when we should do it. Whenever we see the need, whenever we see we have the opportunity, we're to do it. That's when we should do it. But how should we do it? Not in front of others. So we're not to highlight this. We're not to kind of advertise it. We're not to kind of be grandees and say, oh, look at what I am doing. It says, don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing so that your giving may be in secret. It would be very easy for me to say, to come and give my collection in church, to think, you know, just rattle it around a bit. Can everybody hear the coins? Can they hear that? There's quite a few coins in there. Yeah, collection buckets, come around, look at me. I'm putting a good old tidy sum in. Cord, did you hear that? Go in the bottom of that bucket. That was a lot of money went in there. I'm good, I am. It's not like that. It's not letting the left hand know what the right hand is doing. It says to do it in secret. No. What are you doing? That's my money. Are you in need? Fair enough, fair enough. I'll let you keep that. I'll let you keep that. It's to be done in secret. Don't announce it with trumpets, the Bible says. It's don't announce it with trumpets. That was, there was a call to give alms. There was a call. The, the, the monasteries used to do it years ago where they would, they would sound a trumpet. They would sound a horn to let the people know they could come and get their alms. And the Bible says, don't do that. Don't make a show of it. Just give it. Don't make a show. Just give. Jesus also says not to do it as hypocrites. Now, the, the origin of the word hypocrite is is like an actor wearing a mask. That's where that word comes from. So he's saying, don't, don't walk into church pretending that you're, you're holy. Here we are with another bag of money. I am very holy. I am coming to church and I am giving my money. Everybody can see just how holy I am by the amount of money that I'm giving. Did you hear how much money went in there? I'm very holy. I am very holy. I am. He's saying, don't do that. Don't, don't pretend. And then, so you come to church and you give all this money. You think, look at me giving all this money in church. And you walk outside and you kick the first beggar that you see. So you can't do that. Don't, it's, it doesn't matter how much you give. It doesn't matter what you do. It's the motive that you give with. It's what's in your heart. It's how your heart is fixed. It's, it goes on to say, your father who sees what is done in secret is who will give you your reward. We'll come on to that in a moment. Uh, interestingly, um, recently I uh, changed the, the settings on my bank account. They, they said, would you like to change the settings on your app? So you can see all the times a transaction, money goes in and out of your account. And I thought, that sounds like a great idea. Keep on tabs with, you know, with what's happening. So I'll do that. I signed it to all these texts. And um, it was the scariest thing I've ever done. Money was going out. Money was coming in. I'm getting texts. This direct debit's come out. This one's come in. Uh, this is coming up. It was, it was helping me manage my money. Um, and I know God calls us to be generous, but I didn't realize I had to be that generous when I saw this money going out. But one thing that struck me, and I can say this because she's not saying it, I am. But out of our bank account, there are all these payments going out. Kate Wright has paid 25 pounds. Kate Wright has paid 50 pounds. Kate, what is going on? Where is all this money going? And as I looked through, I realized, because the names were there, and I realized that she was given to people that we know, <laughs> that she knew, 
were in need. They needed it, but she didn't tell me. I had no idea that that money was going out. I'm fool on me, I guess, but I had no idea that that money was going out. But that is just like it. That's the way it's supposed to be. I'm sub- I can say this because she's not doing it. But supporting these people because they know they're in need, but you don't tell anybody about it. You just do it. You see someone in need, and you just do it. It's very different to me. I took great, great pleasure in telling Kate that, um, well, not that much pleasure, but God had laid on my heart. He said, I want you to be generous. Wherever you can be, be generous. And so I started with overpaying my haircuts. I was supposed to pay a certain amount, and I thought, no, I'm, I'm going to pay more than that. These guys have not been working during COVID. Kind of, they're on their feet all day. I'm going to be as generous as I possibly can. I kept, what? You're paying twice the amount for your haircut? But all the while, little did I know that she was just giving and giving and giving and giving. But I was telling her about it. I was happy to say, oh yeah, God told me to be generous, so I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. There was me telling her all the things I was going to do to be generous. And all the while, she was just giving things away and not saying a word. That doesn't mean to say we can't celebrate things corporately. You know, that the church does many great things. This church, I know there's we started Love Thy Neighbor during as a church. Uh, during lockdown and other churches in the city and across the country have done it and I think it's right to raise a profile of those things that's okay corporately to advertise and say look what the church are doing for the glory of God this is not a single person this is not somebody shining their chufty badge this is the church doing meeting a need and that's okay but I think individually we need to think about our hearts and where and why we're giving the way we do motive was so important to Jesus In, in Mark 12 Jesus sat down opposite the place where the offerings were put, and watched the crowd putting their money into the temple treasury. Many rich people threw in large amounts, but a poor widow came, and she put in two very small copper coins, worth only a few cents or a few pennies. Calling his disciples to him, so this was important, this was a teaching moment, Jesus was saying, come and look at this, this is important, come and see. Calling his disciples to him, Jesus said, truly I tell you, this poor widow has put more into the treasury than all the others. They all gave out of their wealth, but she, out of her poverty, put in everything, all she had to live on. She was generous. She gave of what she had, and she gave willingly, and she gave all she had into the church treasury. But it's not about how much she put into the church treasury, it's about how big her heart was for the things of God. How much she wanted to please God, how much she wanted to serve God. He calls us to have generous hearts. Now, this is, not, this is not about beating up uh, the prosperity gospel. It's not about telling people they can or can't be rich. Um, you know, if you do consider yourself rich or wealthy this evening, my phone number is 07515-545538. It's not wrong. It's not wrong to have money. It's not wrong to be rich. Jesus doesn't call us to be rich or to be poor. He calls us to have a pure heart. If you've got a pure heart, then you'll do the right thing with what you have. Jesus said to the, the young rich man who came to him and said, I do all these things, I do all the right things, Jesus, but what else can I do? He said, sell everything and give it to the poor. But then he walked away, dejected, thinking, I can't do that. I'm not going to do that. And Jesus went on to say that it would be harder for a rich man to get into the kingdom of heaven than a camel to go through the eye of a needle. But Jesus didn't say it was impossible. <laughs> he said it would be harder. See, it's, being rich is not a problem. It's what you do with it. And Jesus calls us to give generously. Always be ready to give and always give generously. So why? The third question, why? Why do we do this? Why does Jesus call us to give to the needy but then tells us how? Why has he told us this? 
Well, he's told us so that the glory goes to God. We exist to bring glory to God. The Westminster Catechism says the chief end of man is to glorify God. We are here to glorify God. He is to be glorified. Paul, the Apostle Paul said in 1 Thessalonians, he said as he was talking to them, as he was writing to them, he said, on the contrary, we speak as those approved by God to be entrusted with the gospel. We are not trying to please people, but God, who tests our hearts. You know we never use flattery, nor do we put on a mask to cover up greed. God is our witness. God sees. We were not looking for praise from people, not from you or from anyone else. Our lives are to be dedicated to God. They are for the glory of God. This is why God is saying, if you, don't, if you, if you give and make a song and dance about it, if you give and you advertise it, it becomes about you. And it's about self-glory. And you can start to bask in your own glory and about how good you are and how, how many wonderful things that you have done. And yet, as, as Dave talked to us this morning, everything that we have is God's in the first place. It's only ever ours to steward. It's only ever ours to manage well. It's only ever ours to do the right thing in our hearts. See, self-glorification leads to no reward or, or little reward. It says that um, the rewards of men will only, will only last, or sorry, will fade. In fact, let's go back to the, the scripture. It says, uh, but when you give to the, uh, it's here somewhere, I know I've read it. <laughs> um, so when you give to the needy, do not announce it with trumpets as the hypocrites do in the synagogues or on the streets to be honored by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. The reward stops there and then. If you do it in front of people, for people, to be seen by people, they may well pat you on the back. They may say, great job, well done. You're just such a wonderful person, that's great. But your reward ends there and then. And God's reward is eternal. And again, we'll come on to that shortly. Jesus talked of the Pharisees in their giving. In Matthew 23, he said, everything they do, these Pharisees, everything they do is done for people to see. They make their phylacteries wide and the tassels on their garments long. So I had to look up phylacteries because I had no idea what it was. It's a small leather box containing Hebrew text on uh, paper on animal skin or on um, papyrus, like kind of paper. And it was worn by Jewish men in morning prayer as a reminder to keep the law. But obviously, the, the bigger this box, the holier they were. If I could wear this really pronounced box with all the scriptures on, I am really holy. I can hardly walk because this thing's like really wide, but I'm really holy. And it was shown off to people. Look how important the Bible is to me. Look how important scripture is to me. The other thing it goes on to say is about their garments, their tassels and their garments being long. Now, in Jesus' time, the hem of the garment was a, was a big deal. It was, it was kind of displayed how important someone was or perhaps how holy someone was. And the more, the more decorated it was, the more elaborate it was, the longer it was, then the better they were or represented themselves. So there was this allusion to, to holiness, to self-importance. Look at the length of my tassels. I am really holy. I am holier than you because my, my tassels are long. And it was all about display. It was all about pomp and ceremony. Here come the Pharisees, the, the holy men. But God is saying, you're doing it in front of people. It needs to be done in secret. Your holiness, your righteousness needs to be practiced in secret. You imagine them coming. I go to church. I pray really long prayers. I give money to the poor and the church. I do all these things. I am holy. I am righteous. I do all the right things at all the right times in all the right places. I am holy. Look at me. Look at me. Aren't I doing well? This is why we're told how to give. 
It's not just about giving, but how to. Because we can fall in the trap of making it about us. But it's not about us. It's never about us. It's about God. See, it's not about what we do, but it's about who God is. He doesn't want our money. He doesn't want our abilities. He doesn't want our self-righteousness. He wants our hearts. He's only ever wanted our hearts. And he's trying to show us how he can have our hearts, even in our giving. Now, Jesus did this himself. He gave this as an example. In the New Living Translation in Matthew 8, it says, Then Jesus said to him, Don't tell anyone about this. Instead, go to the priest and let him examine you. Take along the offering required in the law of Moses for those who have been healed of leprosy. This will be a public testimony that you have been cleansed. Jesus had just healed someone of leprosy. I don't know about you, but if I managed to heal somebody of a, at the time, something that couldn't be healed, if I'd healed someone, I think I'd be dancing around telling everybody what had happened. Jesus said, no. Don't tell anyone about this. Instead, go to the priest, tell him what's happened, and give a sacrifice because that is giving glory to God. People will see that you have been healed and you're saying, I've been healed and I need to give this sacrifice. And all the glory goes to God. Jesus said, don't tell them it was about me. Don't tell them I did it. All the glory goes to the Father. Even Jesus wanted to give glory to the Father. It was not about him. So this passage goes on to talk about rewards. And we're coming to the, to the end now. Um, it talks about rewards. It's talked about when we should give. We've talked about how we should give. We've talked about why we should do it the way God has called us to because we want him to get the glory. It's not about us. It's about him. But this reward it talks about, I don't know which reward you would like, but in verse 2, as, as we've read a couple of times now, it said they received their reward in full. When you do it in front of people, when you do it with fanfare, when you do it with a, a trumpet blow, when you let everybody know what you're doing, when your left hand knows what your right hand are doing, it's, it's no secret, your reward stops with when men say to you, well done. Well done, you've done a great job. That's it. The reward stops. Or you can have your reward from your Father in heaven. Your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. Now, as I was preparing this message, I kind of struggled with what, what reward? What does that reward mean? I'm kind of saved. I've got eternal life. I know, I know where I'm going. I've got, you know, I've got what's good. I know there's always more to come from God, but I kind of, I've, I've, I've got it. What, what more can he mean by this treasure in heaven? And I went further on again in Matthew 6, and it says, do not store up your do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moths and vermin destroy and where thieves break in and steal. It's important there when he talks about moths and vermin. It was about grain and about clothes. That was what was important. That showed you were rich in those times. So don't, don't, don't get trapped by these things. Don't build up these things as treasure. But store up for yourselves treasure in heaven where moths and vermin do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. For wherever your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Now, I've, as I was preparing this message, I could be right, I could be wrong, but God moved me to tears. Um, this is a few weeks back, because I should have done this a few weeks ago, thanks to COVID. It's tonight. But he moved me to tears. And I thought, I was saying to God, what is this treasure in heaven? What do you mean by that? I know the streets are going to be paved with gold, so what could you mean by, by treasure? And I felt, I felt he said to me, it's about souls. It's about other people getting into heaven. That's what the treasure is. The treasure is seeing other people in heaven. It's seeing other souls, people that don't know Jesus, seeing them in heaven. That is real treasure. 
there is no greater thing. <laughs> In fact, there's someone here tonight I saw that I prayed for him as he came to the Lord, and it's one of the best moments of my life. It had nothing to do with me and everything to do with God, but just being part of that was so amazing. And knowing now that he is going to be in heaven with me, what a joy, what a treasure that is. Not the clothes that I stand up in, not the house that I live in. Treasure is people and souls in heaven. I never really understood it, and I really felt God reveal that to me, and it it really moved me. And I want to ask you tonight, is your heart towards the treasure of heaven? Is your heart disposed to advancing the kingdom? Is it disposed to pleasing God so that people will get into heaven? You see, when we, when we give, when we do good things, when we do righteous things and we do it in secret, it leaves people asking questions. Why on earth do they do that? What is it about them that makes them do that? Why are they so kind? Why are they always willing to give of their time, of themselves, of their stuff? Why do they do that? It makes them think. So is your heart about... I'm a good person, or is it about what can I do to glorify God? What can I do to show people that God loves them? What can I do to get treasure in heaven, to see souls get into heaven? So now, I don't worry about what treasure is in heaven. I know that God wants me to save souls. Well, he saves souls. He wants me to work with him in doing that. And so this, sorry. This made me realize then my life needs to be hell-bent, forgive the pun, but hell-bent on stopping people going there. It needs to be hell-bent on getting people into heaven. That's what treasure is. That's what will bring me the greatest satisfaction. When we get to heaven and you see the place full of people that we've worked together with God to get to heaven, that is real treasure. And so I will turn my heart towards the treasure of heaven and not the the treasure of earth. And I would ask you to think about the same. So I'm, I'm done talking, but what I, what I want to do, having said that, I want to just say a couple of words, and then I'm going to ask you some questions. Do you want to be like Jesus? Well, perhaps we need to always be ready to give away of ourselves. We'll always need to be ready. I think Dave said it this morning. He said, say yes, and see what the question is afterwards. If God wants you to just say yes, I am in. If I see people in need, I'm going to help them. Whatever you want me to do, God, I'm in. I'm going to do it. Whether you want my time, your resources, my money, whatever it is that you want from me, I'm in. You know, a little while ago, we had a um, remembrance service, a memorial service for Ian Potts. I don't know if any of you, some of you here will know him. And he was a great man. I didn't get to his memorial service, but I listened to it afterwards. And what struck me was how many things that man did that nobody knew. How many things he did for the good of others and for the glory of God, and people didn't know. Somebody knew about that thing, and somebody knew about that thing, somebody knew about that thing, but they didn't know about all of them because he didn't celebrate it. He was just a great man, and he did good things in quiet to the glory of God. And there will be many people in heaven because of what he did in the quiet. Serving God and others takes sacrifice. And if we want to serve well, we must model it after Jesus. We must be ready to give of ourselves all the time. So I would just say tonight, give whenever you can. And we're not talking about money here. Give whenever you can with whatever you can and do it generously. Now, I just want to ask you this evening, as I was reading over this message again, I felt God say to ask these questions. You know, you might have been trying to figure out what it is to be a Christian. It may be here tonight and yet you're around church at the moment, but you don't know really what it means to be a Christian. And maybe you think it's all about doing the right thing. It's all about doing things. It's all about being in the right place at the right time. And you may be thinking, what does it mean to follow Jesus? You may have thought that it was all about what you did. 
coming to church, helping, giving, acts of service. But I want to say to you tonight, he wants your heart. That's all he wants, is he wants your heart. The rest will come afterwards. He wants your heart. He wants you to let him love you for who you are, not what you can give him. Maybe you want to give it to him for the first time tonight. Maybe you want to give him your heart for the first time because you thought it was about something else. (laughs) But he wants your heart. Maybe you need to give it back to him tonight. Maybe you've been following Christ, but perhaps your heart has been stolen away by the need for achievement, the need for status, the praise of people, the short-term reward. Perhaps it's time to get back to that. I need to focus on the treasure in heaven. So I'm going to pray for us, and then um, I'm just going to ask the band to come up. We're going to sing in response. We're going to sing something in response. And I just want to offer this because I feel it's right that we do is that we offer people the opportunity to come to Christ it may be that you've been coming to church your whole life and maybe you've just realized that actually he wants my heart it doesn't want my bum in a seat he wants my heart and that's what you need to give him it may be that you've been away for a while and your heart's gone a bit harder your heart's gone a bit wayward and it's turned to the things of this world rather than turn to God and maybe it's time to reorient to perhaps turn your heart back to God so we're going to make some time for ministry we're going to ask you to, to respond if you would like to. If you feel you want to reorient your heart, you, maybe you want to give your life to Christ for the first time tonight. Or maybe after a long time of not having ministry, you just want someone to pray with you. It may be you're here tonight and you've got a burning issue. Maybe you just want someone to stand with you and to pray with you. But don't miss that opportunity this evening. So when, we, when we're worshiping now, after I've prayed, if you want someone to stand with you, to pray with you, for whatever reason I've said, then don't be afraid to come forward and someone will stand and they will pray with you. Father God, I thank you for your word. I thank you for what it says to us. I thank you, Lord, that it's full of wisdom and it's full of truth. And I thank you that it's full of love. Lord, I thank you that, that you have spoken to me, if no one else in this message, Lord, I just pray for those whose hearts have been touched by this, Lord. I pray, Lord, that, that even now as we're praying, Lord, that we will think about response, that we'll think about what we're going to do, whether we do it at the front, whether we do it sat in our seat, Lord, but that we turn our hearts to you and we recommit our hearts to you. Lord, I pray that we would have a, a new lease of life. Lord, I pray that we would have a new vision of, of giving to the needy. Lord, that it's not just about money, but it's given of our time. It's taken time to pray with someone. It's taken time to listen to someone. It's taken time to do what you do, Lord, and that's to meet people where they are. So, Lord, I pray that you would lay that on our hearts, Lord, that we would be focused on the things of you. We would be focused on treasure in heaven and not treasure on earth, that we would see the faces of the souls in heaven. Lord, that we would be committed to to pouring our hearts out for other people and not for things. Lord, I pray that you would do a work in us this evening. I pray, Lord, that we would do things with the right motive, that we would want to bring you the glory and that we would want to step back into the shadows. Lord, it's always about you. It's always been about you and it always will be about you. Lord, I just pray that you'll help us to remember that we are here to glorify you. We're here to serve you and we're here to gather treasure for heaven. So Lord, bless us, I pray. Amen.